Amen. But this is the text that we're basing everything on. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And so we know that we are a three-part being, that we are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body. You have a soul and, and that's the part you're dealing with all the time. The spirit man's pretty much taken care of. God did the work. It's over. It's finished. It's done. Nothing more need to be done. Nothing more need to be fixed. Hallelujah. You're complete in him. It's, it's, it's all said and done. All wrapped up, hallelujah, ready to go to heaven at any time. At any time, should the rapture of the church occur, you're, you're ready. You're ready, hallelujah, ready to go. Hallelujah. But we have a life to live down here on this earth, and the more we have our mind renewed, which is in our soul, uh, and the more we have our body uh, submitting to the spirit realm, the, the more victorious that we're going to live here on the earth. And, and God did not intend for our earth life to be a trial, contrary to most religious songs that you read out of the hymn book, you know, that talk about, uh, I know my little grandmother, she was Pentecostal. And, uh, and, and, you know, we walk in more light than they walked in. There's more light now. But her, you know, she, she sang um, uh, one Glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Anytime she had a trial, she was like ready to fly away. <laughs> and she had a lot of persecution because she was, all her kids were Baptist and she was Pentecostal and they persecuted her and made fun of her. Hallelujah. And then they persecuted her for drinking a six pack of Coke every day too. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> back, that's back in early 60s, late 50s, 50s and 60s. And I remember walking to the store with her to get the six-pack of the little bottled Cokes. Hallelujah. She could put a six-pack away every day. Hallelujah. She liked those Cokes. And, you know, we think that's funny, but Pentecostals didn't think you ought to be drinking Coke back in those days. Hallelujah. Of course, they're all drinking them now. Hallelujah. Anyway, so she had persecution. Her kids persecuted for that, so she'd hide in the closet and drink her Coca-Cola. <coughs> Hallelujah. But she was a praying woman, amen, and only had one other vice, and that's watched Wagon Train on Wednesday night. Hurried home from church so she could watch Wagon Train on the TV. Black and white. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise God. God's good. God's good. God's good. But uh, there's thank God for more revelation. Thank God for more light. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. And when you read these scriptures, they just come to light. When you understand spirit, soul, and body, they just come fully to light. The first Corinthians chapter two, verse nine says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. So we're going to know the things God has revealed. We're going to know them by His Spirit and by the Spirit. They're spiritually discerned. They're not, you can't know these things. You know, we say, man, I tell you, there's a river of the Holy Ghost flowing in here. And some people are like, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't 
by not picking up, you know, they because they're looking at it totally from the flesh side or from the soul side. And they're not, they hadn't trained themselves to be sensitive in their spirit and pick up on what's happening in the spirit realm. Pastor Wallago was talking about, man, the anointing is here. And it was. And, you know, those things are, they, those things are revealed to us by the spirit. They're not revealed to our head. In my head, it just sounded like we was just singing. You know, if you just went by the head, but I, but, but we're picking up on something. Our spirit's alive unto God and it's picking up on something. Amen. Um, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him. Now he's talking there that it's, you, the only, your, your spirit already knows everything about you. That's what he's talking about there. He says, he says, for what man knoweth the things of a man, the things of a man, the things that pertain to a man, your spirit already knows the things that pertain to you. Your spirit knows your, your spiritual DNA, what you're supposed to do with your life. Your spirit already knows the whole plan, the whole thing, you know, has got it all mapped out. Your spirit knows. And you know, we have... Even people that don't know these and don't know to be listening and watching, many times they will pick up on things and they won't, they won't realize how they knew it. But they'll say, well, you know, I, 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 when I was a little child, I, I thought I would, you know, I, I knew I would have a, a little girl. when I, I knew I would have a baby and she would be a little girl, you know, and they knew that when they was a little child. Because little children are alive unto God when they're born. They're not born. I used to teach. I had, hey, I got my mind renewed. Hallelujah. But I used to teach. Boy, they're born with that Adamic nature, and they are sinners from the day they're born. But then I got my mind renewed and read the Word and found out babies are alive unto God. You know, I used to think they had an Adamic nature, and they were lost and sinners. But because they were young, God just made an exception, and if they died, they went to heaven. But God's not making any exceptions. There are no Adamic natures. There's no sinners going to heaven. Three years old, one year old, any. No, the reason they go to heaven is because they are alive unto God. They do not, they do not have the sin nature, but it comes. And I will, we'll talk more about that later. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. The, the spirit you've got inside of you is not of this world. Hallelujah. But the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. See, you're supposed to know more about you than you know. He said there's something been given you so you could know. And then... Uh, uh, Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. He's talking about talking in tongues there. He's talking because he said, we speak these things not in words which man's wisdom teaches. Well, every, every English word you know, a man taught you. So he can't be talking about your English language. He's talking about we speak these things and we speak them in the Spirit. And as we pray in the Spirit, and the more you pray in the Spirit, the more you'll know the things that God knows about you that are in you. Because your spirit, as you begin to pray in uh, tongues, your spirit will begin to translate these things and they'll start to come to your head. It's not like, it's not like your head never gets involved. These things begin to come to your head. And, uh, and, and, and it'll come and it'll come as a thought. It won't come. God does not speak to us like this. He does not say, go 
apply at Mercedes. He does not speak to uh, uh, us like that. He always speaks to us in first person. He always speaks to us from the inner man like this. He always says, I ought to go apply, apply at Mercedes. That, and you say it to yourself, and that's where people get mixed up sometimes because they have the thought, I ought to go apply to Mercedes, and it came from the Spirit and came to the head, but they get mixed up on hearing God because they think it was, they, they thought it would sound like, they thought it would sound like, go ye therefore to Mercedes and apply therefore, and they thought God would say it to them like that. Now, sometimes he does speak like that in the third person with a, from a prophet that speaks to you. A, a human being gives you a word, uh, and I'm talking to Jonathan here because he already works at Mercedes, and I don't know how he figured out how to get out there, but <laughs> hallelujah. He got there somewhere, some way or another. Anyway, um, so, uh, but these things come from us, from inside of us. This wisdom comes from inside of us as we pray in the spirit, as we speak these mysteries out, as we pray these mysteries out. And so you've got to use your prayer language, folks, and you've got to use it a lot. And in fact, we just pray in tongues all the time. You know, we don't just sit and you know, but we, as we're walking through the house, as we're washing dishes, as we're, you know, sitting at the traffic light this morning, I always just think, oh, you know, I've got somebody sitting beside me, I think, oh, they'll think I'm singing, you know, to the radio. You know, if you want to, if, that's, if that bothers you a little bit, just kind of give it a little like that, everyone, and they'll, they'll know for sure you're, you're, you're singing to the radio, you know. They'll think, oh, the, she's crazy, she's singing to the radio, but I don't care really what they think, you know. I'm praying in tongues, I'm building myself up on, the, on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, and I'm praying out mysteries, and I'm believing, I receive as I pray, I'm believing for the wisdom of God. I'm believing for God to, to speak to me and give me direction, and hallelujah, perfect that which concerns me. Huh. Verse uh, 14, but the natural man, the natural man, that would be the man that is flesh ruled or soul, completely soul ruled, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we have natural men that are walking around here, and they don't understand, they, they are like, when you, and you even say, I speak in tongues, they think, they, see, they, they, they don't have any understanding. They, don't, they can't figure it out. This stuff is spiritually discerned, and so they're, they're not understanding uh, what we're even, where we're even coming from. Verse 15, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, this is not talking about this mind. I've heard people refer to it that way, but it's not talking about this mind, that we have the mind of Christ. Christ. Of course, we don't have the mind of Christ here, or it'd be perfect already. But we do have the mind of Christ right here in our spirit. Sure we have the very mind of Christ. We, and the Amplified says we hold the thoughts, feelings, and intents of His heart. So you have His thoughts in here. You have His feelings and His intents. You have, you know, you have the mind of Christ. You know His will in here. And so we have, are trying to train ourselves, and we slip up sometimes, that we say, we don't say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What we say is, I know what I'm supposed to do. Now, I'm believing my mind's going to receive it, you know. My mind's going to receive it, but I know. I, the Bible says in 1 John, it says, uh, Ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You have an unction inside of you from the Holy One. You already know all things. 
Hallelujah. You already know where you're supposed to work. Hallelujah. You already know what you're supposed to do with, with your life. And hallelujah. You know all things. Hallelujah. But it's getting it from here to here. Hallelujah. It's a process. And there's a growing process. There's a maturing process in hearing God. The Bible says in Hebrews that we train our senses to discern between good and evil. Your five senses have to be trained by the spirit man. Amen. And, uh, and they can be trained. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. I, you know, I couldn't remember where I left off last week. Should have marked it last week. And I'm like, I don't think I read that scripture, but maybe I did. So if I read one I read last week, well, y'all just be patient with me. Okay. We, did we talk last week about how we're going to have a new resurrected body? We didn't talk about that. Well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It won't hurt to go over it again. You hadn't heard it too many times in your life anyway. Hallelujah. See, we got this spirit man and the body. We, I think we did read the scripture last week, uh, how, uh, uh, how the spirit man's not aging, how the spirit man's being renewed day by day, but how the outward man is perishing. We talked about that, our, that how our flesh man is aging. But let's look at this scripture, and I thought this is where we stopped, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And so he's talking here about your spiritual, about a body that you have reserved for you in the heavens that, you're, that, that is uh, your resurrected body. He's not talking about your house, your uh, your. Uh, your, uh, your residence, uh, 9782 Guernsey Lane. He's not talking about that. He's talking about this earth house. This, he's calling your body, this earthly house, if, this, if it's dissolved, if it's dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Amen? And so uh, that's very important that we know that and we keep that in mind. Romans 6, verse 23. Just going to look at some scriptures concerning spirit, soul, and body tonight. Romans 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this eternal life that you have on the inside of you, this spirit man, uh, is a, a gift. It's a gift from God. And this eternal life, now I always read this before, and I'm sure you did too, as length of life. In other words, uh, you know, even uh, like you, you need to come up and make a decision for Christ if you want to live eternally, if you want to live forever. But this is not talking about length of life. Couldn't be because you know what? Every man, woman, and boy and girl is already got that kind of life. That link, in other words, length of life. Do you know what I'm saying? They, they, in other words, they are going to exist forever. You don't just exist forever if you go to heaven. You're going to exist forever if you go to hell. That's the sad part about going to hell is this is not something you can get, oh, get it over with fast. Take the, take the punishment, drink the medicine, and it'll be over. No, it'll be all eternity uh, that someone will spend in hell if they go to hell. So it's not talking about length of life, but it's talking about a divine substance that God puts inside of you. It's called eternal zoe. It's eternal zoe. 
Z-O-E. And he said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal Zoe through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've been given a precious gift. It's on the inside of you. And it is a tangible substance. And uh, we've learned from Pastor Buzzy, this stuff can be transmitted. It can be transmitted through the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Uh, John 13, 35. Hallelujah. So you have this inside of you, this eternal Zoe. Or uh, the Greek is Aeonius Zoe. Uh, John 13, 35. And uh, you know, here's how you know you have it. Here's how you know you have eternal life or Aeonius Zoe. Not length of life, but here's how you know if you have divine substance inside of you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. Uh, this is the way you know. Uh, Romans uh, eight sixteen. if you'll turn there. We're looking at how to know if you've got the Aeonius Zoe on the inside of you. There's a love inside of you. There's a love inside of you. Now, um, let's see, where am I? Romans 8, 16. Okay, let's see here. Uh, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's another way you tell that you have Aeonius Zoe. You have this Zoe life living on the inside of you is your spirit is bearing witness with the Spirit of God. You in this church, you're constantly bearing witness to the things of God. You just have this, you know, you have a... a, a, a Oh, good. That doll, oh, that's awesome. God's good. Oh, yeah. Praise God. I understand that. That See, you're, that's your spirit bearing witness. And here's my point. If you were lost, if you didn't have this life in you, you wouldn't have that witness to you. Remember that natural man? He doesn't even discern the things of God. He doesn't pick up on it. It's, not, it's just like foolishness to him. He's not having that barren witness. You know you're saved. Now I know everybody in here is saved. But here's how you can know. And you've got to know you're saved. I can't just know you are. You know. But your spirit is bearing witness. When you hear the word preached. When you hear the songs sing. You have a, you have a witness in your heart. You have you when you when you heard you know when we heard tongues the first time it's scary it was scary made the hair stand up on the back of our neck I mean we was Baptist and it was scary but something in us just bore witness you know some it was our spirit bearing witness and you know we met those friends that were baptized in the Holy Ghost and and they were kind of scary and we like never heard anybody saying praise the Lord thank you Jesus all the time and that was foreign to us but something in us was going oh man this was bearing witness it was yeah this is good this is you know and we would uh, we had this tape by Mike Adkins this has been a long time ago back in the early 80s and we had this tape by Mike Adkins I think he's actually still around and he had this song on there about uh, praying in tongues and you, and we would listen to that tape and listen to that song and you know we'd back it up and listen to that song again about praying in tongues and you know we'd cry when we'd listen to that song about praying in tongues, we was bearing witness. I mean, you know, it, you know, and so family, if you hear a song and tears come to your eyes, that's your spirit bearing witness. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many people don't feel like they're saved. But I want to tell you, 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 your spirit's always bearing witness to the things of God. 
First uh, John chapter three, verse fourteen. And you know, um, we can be led by our spirit bearing witness. Um, you know, uh, if you get into something and you hear somebody teaching something or something, and all of a sudden your spirit now it's not just like, oh, this is kind of spooky, because you know, I was like, this was when I heard tongues, it was like, this is scary. And like that, but something inside me is like, oh, this is what I've been longing for. This is what I've been, there's something here. Something was bearing witness. But if you are in a, 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 put in a situation where you hear something on a tape and you go, and, and you go, hmm, or hear something on TV and your spirit is like not bearing witness, you can, you, that's your spirit telling you, don't eat this wood, hay, and stubble. Don't eat this wood, hay, and stubble. Hallelujah. And the, as we get our mind renewed, God can show us from the Word when something's not right. But as we're growing and we don't completely know what the Word says about everything, we have to learn to trust our spirit. Or if you're going to apply for a job and you have a, oh, I don't know. Or, you know, sometimes I go by this a lot of times. Um, I go... Uh, and I did this the other day. It was like I thought of doing something. And so you, when you have the thought, you think, well, that thought could have come from my spirit. You know, and so I examined the thought. But as I meditated, and I usually try to take some time and not act immediately. But uh, as I meditated on that, I thought, you know, every time I thought about going and doing what that, what I, that thought was, I just had the, I don't want to. I don't want to. And, you know, I thought, God, if this was you, I'd want to. Amen. I had the I don't want to. Hallelujah. And so you just you know we're 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 looking at our heart and seeing what it's bearing witness and what it's and what it's uh, what it's what our heart is telling us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we in First John chapter three, verse fourteen? So we're talking a little bit about being led by the Spirit tonight. Uh, we know that we have passed from death into life. Well, how do we know? Because we love the brethren. You can know that you've passed from death unto Zoe life because you love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now I want to qualify some things in here. Uh, let me see. Was, uh, did I read verse 15? Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life or eternal Zoe abiding in him. So let's break this verse up a little bit and see what God's really saying here. He says, We know that we have passed from death to life unto life because we love the brethren. I want you to notice it says brethren. It doesn't say that it doesn't even say because we love the whole world. But there's a love in us for the brethren, for those that are born again, if we have passed from death unto life. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother in Christ is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal Zoe abiding in him. So here what he's telling us is people that are unsaved, they hate. People that are unsaved have murder in their hearts. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. You don't hate. 
Now, you may have the thought of hate sometimes. Oh, I just hate them. I just hate that. I just hate that person. But that is, that is just your head talking. It is not your heart. And I have noticed that when I have strong emotions about someone, that if I'll just back up a minute, and, you know, I may even have a, a I don't, I hate to admit this, but I'm going to just admit what all of you have in front of you but if you have a thought of i'd like to wring their neck or <laughs> plant a bomb in their car or, you know you know what i'm saying you know you know a really a destructive thought towards them and you have that thought come and um but I've noticed that if I'll back off and look at my heart and I'll really say, would I like to see, and I mean this sounds gory, but if you just sometimes you just got to deal with yourself to look at your heart. And I'll back off and say, would I really like to see that person blow to bits? And I go, no, I don't, I wouldn't enjoy that. That wouldn't be pleasure to me. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a blessing. See, my heart, my head might be mad at you. And my head might want to wring your neck. My head might even say, you know, if I was God, I'd remove them from the face of the earth. You know, and I know you've had those thoughts about people too. That if you was God, you'd get rid of them. And you've even probably, in our, our younger years, when we didn't know better, we might have even asked God to get rid of them. You know, Lord, do away with that person. And sometimes in our younger years, I wondered why he didn't do away with some people. Not any, maybe even, not people necessarily that did things to me, but, you know, why didn't he get rid of that mass murder? If I was God, I could get rid of him. You know, it'd be over. But, the, see, God doesn't operate like that. He's, that's not how he operates. And so when we look really into our heart of hearts, uh, uh, we don't have murder in our hearts. We, don't, we have love in our hearts. We really, what we'd really, we don't like what they do, and we may not like what they did to us, but really, we'd like to see them uh, uh, restored and, and in fellowship with God and living right. That's what our heart of hearts really would want to see. And so you may struggle to forgive someone that has hurt you, but your heart wants to love. And you got to remember, when you're struggling to forgive somebody that's hurt you, that's just in your head. That's just in your soul. And you can get rid of that stuff. You can get rid of that stuff. Because in your heart of hearts, you love. In your heart of hearts, you want to see blessing. In your heart of hearts, you want to see people saved. In your heart of hearts, you want to see, uh, you want, you want to see people restored and healed and delivered. Even your ex, even your, um, you know, hallelujah. All our exes live in Texas. <laughs> now y'all are going to go home wondering. I said, or have they been married before? No, we haven't. We had. We're not old enough. We've been married 31 years, and we're not old enough to have been married before that. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, that's what my friend Jerry Wade, he used to get me every time. He'd say, you know, my first wife and I used to live in Greensboro, and I'd fall for it and think, Jerry, have you been married before? And he was like, no, me and Dale used to live in Greensboro, and I fell for it about three times. I'm I finally started, that joke quit working on me. Anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But even your ex, you know, hallelujah, in your heart of hearts, in your heart, you know, you may be mad as an old wet hen. I've seen some mad women before. 
Whew. You know, it's not in the Bible, but it ought to be. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, they should have put that in the Bible because I can tell you, there's been, I've seen some mad women before. Whew. Hallelujah. Haven't I, Pastor? <laughs> anyway, I've seen some really mad ones before, but if they're Christians in their heart of hearts, you know, they really couldn't. Murder. They really couldn't destroy. They really don't want to see bad come to that person. And if they do, they're not, if they truly, truly do, then they're really not saved. And they may have a lot of trouble separating soul and spirit there. You know, head and, head and flesh and head and spirit. But in their spirit, there's love. There's love. And so we here's what we have to do is we forgive by faith. And we quit going by feelings. And we don't say, well, I, I, don't, I haven't forgive them, forgiven them because I still have these bad feelings toward them. What does that have to do with it? No more than you're not healed because you had a twinge in your body. See, you forgive by faith and then your feelings will line up. And the devil may say, you hadn't forgiven them. And even when you see them on the street, you may feel like, because I've had those feelings before, you know, when I saw them on the street. But hallelujah. But then I said to myself, no, I've forgiven and I know I have. I did it by faith. I'm not going by my feelings. And from my heart, I've forgiven them. Now, my head still had feelings, my emotions still had feelings, but I knew I had forgiven them. And you know, you'll eventually get to the point where your head is not, uh, where your head's not ruling in that, and you'll see them, and uh, you won't have a feeling whatsoever. You just won't, you know, it'll be like nothing, you know? Mm. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. <clears throat> so a born-again man is filled with love. A child of God is born of the Spirit and has received the Holy Ghost. And you know, let's turn over to, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Acts chapter 8. We're just kind of winding up some loose ends tonight when it comes to spirit, your spirit man. Acts chapter 8. So we forgive by faith. Everybody say that with me. I forgive. By faith. by faith. Amen. I don't care if your mama beat you. Don't care if your daddy beat you. I don't care if he molested you. You can forgive by faith. That doesn't mean you approve of what they do. And you know, that doesn't even mean that you have to be best friends with someone that's done you wrong. You know, some people would like to tell you, well, you gotta be, you got to be friends with them. No, you don't have to be friends. You have to forgive by faith. Amen. And uh, uh, you don't have to, and where your parents are concerned, if there's been abuse and there's been those kind of things, you don't, you may not have the same kind of relationship that somebody else does with their parents. But you do have to honor. You're required by the Word of God to honor. You honor because of the place they stand, not because of it, whether they were good or bad parents. You honor them if they were bad parents. You honor them if they were good parents. You honor them because they were your parents. They brought you into this earth, and you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So you can always be thankful for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> um, Acts 8, verse 14. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, on of the hand, apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, and he offered them money. Well, you, how did Simon see that? Uh, how did he know? What did he see that made him know that they had been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Well, there's only can be one answer. He heard and saw them speaking in tongues. Is how he knew that they had received the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes people, and this goes back to spirit, soul, and body. Sometimes people struggle to receive the Holy Ghost because your head, listen to me, your head does not want to yield its tongue to the Holy Ghost. You have to make your head yield your tongue to the Holy Ghost. So if you're having trouble speaking in tongues and getting fluent in your prayer language, it's because your head does not want to yield its tongue to the Holy Ghost. Amen? And you will come a long way when you just refuse to obey your head and you just get in there with both feet and say bless God I am speaking in tongues and you get in there and you just start by faith I don't care if it makes sense don't care if it sounds pretty you know do it ugly if it ha if it sounds if it's you know just do it nasty do it you just get out there and I'm speaking in tongues I don't have to sound like Miss Debbie I don't have to sound like sister so-and-so who has some sort of beautiful flowing you know, language or something, you know. I don't have to sound like anybody. I'm just going to, I'm going to speak in tongues. My tongue, my head, my tongue is yielding to the Holy Ghost. Amen. First John 4, 4. Glory to God. First John 4, 4. Picking up on some scriptures that point out things about the spirit, soul, and body. I know it sounds like I'm going all over the world tonight, doesn't it? Didn't seem like that when I prepared it, but now it's kind of like First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, now this goes back to talking about that Zoe life that is in you, and greater is that that's in you than anything that's in the world. God is in you, the Zoe life of God is in you, and it's greater than the devil or anything else that is in the world. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. He said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. So you may not look like much on the outside, and you may not come across. You know, some people just in the natural, if they never even got born again, they'd be fluent speakers. Because we know that we know some people that aren't born again that are pretty good at speaking, you know. And there'd be they'd be uh, just watch all the political campaigns if you want to see some that aren't bad speakers that aren't born that, that aren't born again and don't wouldn't know God if you walk down the street with a red hat on. Hallelujah! I mean, really, John sixteen three, you know, is one of them. Have y'all heard that little? <laughs> hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to say that, Jesus. He said, I'm glad you did. <laughs> no. <laughs> hallelujah. Okay, but anyway, you're bigger on the inside 
You're greater on the inside. So you can't be moved by how you feel and, and say, you know, I, you know, I just don't feel important. I don't feel strong. I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like a faith giant. Neither does any, any of the rest of the people that are walking by faith. Amen. Uh, so John fourteen sixteen. Look at this. See if we can't see we can't feel the Holy Ghost. John fourteen sixteen. We cannot feel the Holy Ghost. So if I don't feel the Holy Ghost, will He ever leave me? Will the Holy Ghost ever leave me? Or has the Holy Ghost left me? Because I don't feel Him. Because I used to, when I was first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'd come to church and when somebody spoke in tongues or something, or when we sang, I'd get chill bumps. Uh, you know, I would have a... I would, I would sense things, but I don't feel it anymore. Has He left me? Well, look at this in John um, 14, 16. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Look at that. Forever. See, we can't go by our feelings. We've got to go by the Word of God. He's given you a comforter. You've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And I don't care if you... I just think, I think there's a tongue here. I have a thought like that. Or sometimes I'll just be praying in tongues and all of a sudden something will kind of kick in. It'll rev up a notch or something, you know. And uh, I know that it's a tongue for the congregation. And so God will wean you from feelings. He doesn't want you to be addicted to your feelings. He don't want you going by your feelings. And so He'll wean you from them. And the Holy Ghost is going to stay with you forever. So if you do wrong, will the Holy Ghost leave you? If I sin, will the Holy Ghost leave? If I do wrong, will the Holy Ghost leave? No. Even the man David who wasn't born again, when he committed adultery and committed murder, the Holy Ghost didn't leave him. The anointing. Now, he didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside, but he had the anointing on the outside. And the Holy Ghost did not leave him. In fact, when you mess up, the Holy Ghost stays there to help you. Amen? The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit and not our mind. So we listen to the inside of ourselves. We listen to our heart, not our feelings. You know what? If you pray and feel blessed, if you pray and feel blessed, that's emotional. That's your soul. Now, we do like to pray and feel blessed, don't we? And we're not against that. But here's the facts. Just because you feel a release in prayer does not mean that you have the answer. Did you know you can pray an unscriptural prayer? You can bawl and squall and whine and feel a release. Because I know I, I've done that. You know, you can, have, you can have a big knockdown, drag out fight with your husband and feel a release. You got all these pent up emotions and got some hormones thrown in there with it. And I mean, you got these just hormones and emotions are just raging. Just have a big fight with your husband and you'll feel better afterwards. You'll feel released. But that don't mean it was God, does it? And you know, a man can get just mad and he can have all this emotion pent up inside of him and he can throw a wrench at the pickup and he can feel released. Yeah. And then knock a dent in the pickup. And, but that don't mean it was God. And uh, I can slam a cabinet door, slam a 
bedroom door. And I feel, I felt good. See, we can't go by those things in the, and, and just because, here's another, here's my next point, is if you pray and don't feel anything, it doesn't mean you didn't get the answer. Because it's not about feelings, it's according to how you prayed, of whether you've got the answer or not. And so you may, oh, I really today feel like, I really feel like I touched the hem of his garment. And then tomorrow you may, you know, I've had prayer days when it felt like crackers. It was just as dry, but that don't mean anything. That doesn't mean my prayer wasn't effective. Hallelujah. You know, I've had, you know, tonight, you know, don't mean, I don't feel as much tonight as I do some nights. I mean, some nights I sweat up here. I'm not talking about glisten or glow. They say southern women don't sweat. They are, are perspire. They glisten or something. Or they glow. Well, I mean, I just flat God, get hot and sticky all over. But I'm just cool as a cucumber tonight. But that doesn't mean God's not saying something to you. You know, just because the preacher sweats and has a handkerchief and yells and screams and runs the pews, and that don't mean he's saying anything's worth anything. Now, he might be. Don't mean he's not either. But just because somebody, Brother Hagin said he used, to, he used to preach standing in a wash tub. I mean, he never moved from behind the pulpit. And just because they sit here and speak in a low tone don't mean that God's not saying something to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're not about feelings. Um, see, you get deceived when you base your faith on feelings. When you base your faith and whether God answered your prayer on feelings. When you base your, uh, when you base church on whether somebody was a shouting and a running and a speaking in tongues. You know, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches, folks, that they don't think you've had church unless somebody speaks in tongues. Am I right, Jonathan? Somebody's got to give a message in tongues. And you, and when you push that like that, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get some flesh. Because someday, some night, God's not going to want to give a message in tongues. He's going to want to do something else. And then you're going to have somebody give one in the flesh. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? Okay, um, so we don't, we, don't, we don't look to our feelings to see if we're blessed. We don't check our body to see if we're healed. You don't look at your body to see if you're healed. You look in your spirit. Did I believe I received when I prayed? If I did, I'm healed. Don't matter what my body says. Hallelujah. Y'all are looking at me like a dog with a new pan. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't learn to hear and be inside ruled overnight. If you feel like, oh man, I'll never get this. That's okay, you will. Hallelujah. We're all getting it. And you don't learn these things overnight. You don't learn to, you can learn them with your head, but to, to walk these out, you don't learn them overnight. Proverbs 20, verse 27. I think we might have looked at this scripture once, but let's look again. Proverbs 20, verse 27. I'm just going down the list here. Proverbs 20, 27. We're about to wind up. It says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So God uses our spirit to enlighten us and to guide us. 
He's using your spirit to enlighten you and to guide you. Romans 8.14 says, uh, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. You are a son of God. Therefore, you are led by the Spirit of God. You need to say that about yourself. I am led by the Spirit of God because I am a son of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So you don't need to say, I don't hear God's voice. I don't ever hear God speaking. No, you need to say, I hear God, I hear God speaking because I am his sheep. Therefore, I hear God speaking. And begin to release your faith in that. And let's talk about a minute about what does the spirit man look like. What does your spirit man look like? You cannot measure the spiritual by physical. There is evidence in scripture that indicates that man's spiritual being is similar in appearance to his natural body. Everybody say, oh shoot. <laughs> you know. No, you see, you thought you was going to be a movie star, didn't you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wasn't trying to have y'all cuss or anything. If that's a cuss word to you, it's not to me. Hallelujah. I was raised in so much worse than that 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 seems like a nice word. Anyway, so forgive me if that offends you. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. What does your spirit man look like? Hallelujah. This is Paul speaking. And he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such as and one caught up to the third heaven. So Paul said about himself, he's talking about himself here, he said, I couldn't tell if I was in my body or if I was out of my body. So that must tell us something. That when we're out of our body, our spirit man looks just like, because you know he could see his hands and his feet and his, you know, if he had didn't have any hands and feet, he would have noticed, you know. He would have noticed if he didn't have a body, but he said, I can't tell if I'm in my body or if I'm out of my body. He couldn't tell if it was his, the real man, the, the physical man or the spiritual man. Uh, so you must look about the same in the spirit as you do in your body. And we know from testimonies of people that have returned from heaven, that have been to heaven and returned, that they saw and recognized people. Hallelujah. So that's another confirmation. Although you can't go by things like that. You can go by the word. But that is a confirmation to the word. But here's what I think. And this is, I'm going to give you, this is my thinking. The best you've ever looked, that's what your spirit man looks like. The best you've ever looked. Your spirit man, when you go to live in heaven, before, if you go before we get our resurrected bodies, you, if the best you've ever see the people in heaven now don't have their resurrected bodies they're not going to get them till the rapture the bible says the dead in christ are going to rise first well the spirit man's not in the grave it's those old bodies that are in the grave and the dead in christ are going to rise first and in the in the twinkling of an eye that we're all going to be and we're going to get our resurrected bodies because we're going in that rapture moment we're going to get them just like that corruption's going to put on incorruption the Bible says. And they're going to get their resurrection. But they're up there walking around as spirit beings now. Hallelujah. Y'all got that. Well, there is. let me tell you, the best you've ever looked, that's how you're going to look when you get to heaven. You're going to have the glow of youth on you. The glow of youth. Hallelujah. Praise God. The best you've ever looked. Hallelujah. That's how we're going to look. Turn to... Um, 
Luke chapter 16. We'll just finish this out just like a little bit. So we might as well get this over with tonight and we next week. I don't know. We might not even teach spirit, soul, and body. But who knows? Yeah, I got one more thing I want to teach you, at least, before we go on. And maybe more. <laughs> it says, uh, There was a certain man, rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham. So here we know that he recognized Abraham and Lazarus. So we know we look like what we look like. Amen? Praise God. Now, angels have spirit bodies. God has a spirit body, not just a shape or a form, but He has a spirit body. God is not just a little wispy cloud. He's not just a, a power. He's not just a force. But he has a, he has a spirit body. In Exodus 33, verse 20, and this is our last scripture, and we're closing with this. Talking about spirit, soul, and body. Just learning some things tonight. Exodus 33, verse 20. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Now this is God talking to Moses. Thou shalt not see my face. So guess what? God must have a face. And he said, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand. There he must have a hand. Amen. While I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts. So God has back parts, and my face shall not be seen. And he has a face. He has a face, he has hands, and he has back parts. So God is a, has a spirit body. Hallelujah. Well, did you learn anything tonight? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Let's just stand up again tonight. And, if, and let's just pray. In